Welcome, baseball fans. It is time once again for the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how you doing? Good, sir. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Good deal. We're going to talk about pace of play, uh, which is seems to be an ongoing debate and issue at the moment. And we're going to talk about the Braves' new stadium, because you actually went to the two of the three opening weekend games. So uh, excited to hear what your reaction was to the Sun Trust Park. Going first to third, uh, this issue of pace of play. Um, it started the momentum for changes in the game to speed up the pace. Really started last year with Manfred's first full season as commissioner, and now it's really a hot button issue. First of all, uh, the intentional walk. Do you miss it? <laughs> How um, do you feel about no no four pitches to go to first? It was just odd seeing right. Freddie Freeman just all of a sudden what, 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 what you know uh I mean I'm not <laughs> used to it yet uh I you know okay fine uh I don't see any real problem with it. I mean how there's like I I think I can remember two hits in my life uh off of a an intentional walk uh and one was by Vic Power in the, <laughs> the early 60s uh the, that uh, is a good. That is a piece of knowledge right yeah, there. Well, uh, yeah, it seems like Bench did it once, but uh, didn't Lou Gehrig hit one? Like, I wasn't around when Lou well, Gehrig did that. All right, so. fine. Uh, <laughs> you got a point there. It um, does happen though, yeah, more it, than just twice. It's, well, yeah, well, you know. it's and it's probably happened more than twice in my lifetime. I just don't remember more than a couple of times. Uh, I. And there have been wild pitches. There have been pitchers that kind of get the yips throwing. Yeah. Uh, and it, there have been uh, pitchers who lose control by that kind of motion and stuff. I mean, there it has had an issue in the play, but I don't think a major one. It's not something that I'm really going to miss. I also think, what is that? I mean, how many intentional walks do you have in a game? And exactly how much is that going to speed up the game yeah you know, or, or quicken the the pace of play yeah i mean barry bonds is retired he's not coming back anytime soon we hope but that would be the time to have had that i i kind of look at the intentional walk as somewhat of like you know when a when an opposing player is at the free throw line and everyone gets to boo in basketball i miss the theatrics of that it's and and then like you said, there's the potential for a wild pitch or that the pitcher gets out of his rhythm. And, you know, are we with with some of the other things that have been suggested by pace of play, especially that having a runner on second in the 11th inning, which they're testing out in the minors, is that just taking away from all the great theatrics of baseball? Uh, I No, I don't think it is. I mean, I don't think the, uh, you know, the, the intentional walk really was part of the theatrics of baseball. I don't think that put doing some sort of gimmick like putting a runner on second in the eleventh inning is taking theatrics out of baseball. It's putting theatrics in it. I don't like that at all. I think that's absurd. Oh, uh, I, yeah. But uh, but I also thought you know, the extra wild card was absurd. And I mean, you know, there, there are a lot of things that I thought were absurd and I, I was wrong about. Um, right. So uh, right now I, I, that just seems real amateur to me. Yeah. Well, we've seen, we saw it in the WBC actually, but it makes sense for so, international wait, tournaments. Did we see it in minor league games too? I mean, are, not minor what, league, I mean, in uh, spring training games, didn't they do it? Uh, seems like I possible. remember seeing it one time in a spring training game, but anyway. This spring training, I did not pay very close attention to, given the WBC. So, but they're definitely testing it in the minors, um, and we'll so we'll see right. how it works in an official nine inning game. Uh, all that said, you have a solution though, and so I'm just going to throw this straight to you because you have a hard and fast solution that you've been telling me about for weeks now. So, how do we effectively speed up the game? And if you want to address the major issue of what's slowing the game. Well, there are two things that are slowing the game uh, that have slowed the game exponentially since the 20s. Uh, one is the amount of pitches in a game. And two is the visits to the mound, the, the amount of relief pitchers that are used. Now, the latter we can blame somewhat on Tony La Russa, but and somewhat on... Uh, 
the uh, the the influx. I mean, every team has four or five pitchers in the bullpen that throw 95 plus, uh, and that changes the dynamics of the game. Everybody wants to strike everybody out now. Uh, the, in 1920, uh, the average length of a game was one hour and 47 minutes. Uh, in 1970, it was two hours and 30 minutes. Today, it's over three hours. Yeah, that, that's not good. That, and along with that, the amount of runs scored has gone down. Now, if you really want to uh, appeal to millennials and whatnot, yes, let's make the game a lot longer and with a lot less scoring. In 1920, right. there was five. It was over five runs a game. Uh, in the 30s, it was uh, still over four runs a game, and we're under four runs a game. I mean, per team. Uh, now, um, we that's had, that's not com- for both teams. No, that said like per the team, over under per team per teams. Right. right. Yeah. All right, and you look at. I mean, the length of games, and they get more. Uh, the the length becomes more when you, the, the games become more important, or seemingly more important we had that game uh in the playoffs with the nationals and the dodgers that lasted four hours and 32 minutes and it was a regular nine inning game that ended four to three they had one inning that last the seventh inning lasted 66 minutes and in the the record for in 1919 and and i realize that's a while ago but uh the giants historical perspective is always valuable the giants and the phillies played an entire game in 51 minutes that's less than the seventh (laughs) inning in that game you know uh, that's embarrassing (laughs) jeez uh so the length of the game certainly gone up you know there's there's no getting around that uh the and that that coupled with the fact that almost every game is played at night now, except you know, uh, occasional. I mean, Sunday games, uh, occasional game. Uh, you got a couple of teams that do a lot of the day, Detroit and the Cubs, of course. So, right. but they're uh, and they're businessmen, specials, and everything. But the vast majority of games are played at night, so kids don't get to stay up until you know right. uh, one in the morning. <laughs> uh, now, rule eight. 8.04 of the Major League Rule Book states that with nobody on base, a pitch is to be made every 12 seconds or the umpire is to call a ball. I've, I remember, I've heard this before and forgotten, but I, I'm the, glad you brought that up. The uh, I don't think that happens. Uh, no, it doesn't. The uh, if you take the total pitches in a game today, and now it, it average it's around 150 per team, and that's way up. And, and I could say something I mean, along those lines. The the most some of the the greatest games I've ever seen pitched were games by uh, Juan Marichal and uh, and Greg Maddox, the greatest Maddox, right-handed yeah. I've ever seen. And he was like hit the ball second base. You know, I'm not gonna try. You know, I'm not gonna throw ten pitches to you and try to strike you out each time. <laughs> right. Uh, the uh, but 150 per team, 300 pitches. The average in 2014 was 23 seconds per pitch. Now, that's not just per pitch. That's that's the action in the game. You know that a, a guy hits a ground ball to second base. Uh, it's the time before he makes the next right. pitch. If you take that and multiply that by 300 pitches, you get an hour and 55 minutes. All right. If you take the two minutes that are allotted between innings uh, for 18 innings, we'll assume that every game had to go to the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. Uh, For the sake of this argument. Right. You have 36 minutes added to the game. To get to the three hours and one minute barrier or the uh, average that was in 2014, you have another three or you have another 31 minutes. That 31 minutes is being taken up by visits to the mound and replays. Yeah. Period. They've, they've improved on replays somewhat. The visits to the mound is atrocious. Nobody likes seeing the pitching coach go out and talk to somebody and delay the game so his reliever can warm up longer. That's absurd. Uh, the... Uh, and you look at the amount of relief appearances. 
I mean, and, and how they've increased. And this is because, as I said, you've got four or five pitchers that throw, you know, 95 plus in the bullpen. And if you strike them out, they're not, you're not going to make errors in the, uh, in the field. The, in 1988, it, the amount of relief pitchers was 1.75 per game. By 2009, it was 2.93. And that's 2009. I, I, what it is now, who knows? I mean, it's got to it, be close to. It's got to be mid twos. You know, if you're going to take the average, close to three relief pitchers a game per team. You know, right. I mean, it, it's it's going to be uh, it's double that. Uh, yeah. I mean, to the 2.93 in a game. The 2.93 was a 67 percent increase from what it was in 1988. Now we're looking at that, looking at that almost again. Um, the visits to the mound take an incredible amount of time. Now, part of that is the max effort. Everybody's trying to strike everybody out uh, all the time. Nobody's concerned about ground balls anymore. Um, if you were to make a rule, and here's my proposal, uh, allow each team three visits to the mound in regulation by either the pitching coach or the, uh, the manager. Now, these are just visits, does this include all this is matter taking them out? Yeah. I oh, mean, wow. Uh, only three. Only three. Uh, if the uh, if you that doesn't mean you can only have two relief pitchers a game. You can start an inning, any inning with another pitcher. You could have essentially nine pitchers. Uh, I mean, without a visit, if you want. Uh, the Rockies, I think, tried that. Yeah, they tried some. <laughs> well, they were they were just no. That I mean, theirs was. Uh, like you know, no everybody throws ninety everyone four or, four man rotation yeah, and seventy five. Yeah, right. being facetious, but right. anyway, uh, the um, they might have tried that. Is my point <laughs> a new pitcher every inning? Now, of course, if there appears to be an injury, you're allowed to come out, uh, come out and visit your pitcher at that time, uh, and that would be abused. Sure, it would. Uh, the uh, however. <laughs> Likewise, if you only allow three, maybe four. Say you want to do four because they're going to save one. Just like in football, you save one of those challenges till the end of the game. Now, and you're going to have to do something else in extra innings. Give a, uh, another uh, visit to the mound every inning in the extra innings. I don't think extra inning ball games are the problem. Uh, right. Those games are close. We know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you but you're playing some team and it's eight to two and you keep making relief changes left and right and they keep doing it left and right. All of this lefty lefty righty righty stuff uh, is well. That's where the time goes. As I said, that's <laughs> yeah. you know it, it's almost the visits to the mound is almost the time that we spend looking at commercials between innings. Yeah, it's well, when you when you put it in the perspective of the math that you presented, where it's actually two and a half hours of ball in play and commercials, and then a whole other half hour that, on average, another right. half hour. I mean, what is that? That's one sixth of the time you're watching. Right. Yeah, I think I got that right. Yeah. Well, uh, one, two. Yeah, it's right. it's a sixth of the viewing pleasure. Right. Well, so and to that, speak. now that includes. Uh, it, that includes if there's an injury on the field, you know, and um, st- the uh, a argument, you know, right. would, would fit into that, and uh, replays. Now, replays are cut there, cut down some. Now, the what Manfred and Major League Baseball has tried to address, and to their credit, they they decrease it like eight minutes or something last year. Uh, is just the speed of the game. I mean, or the speed of play, uh, where the stop the stepping out and stuff. Now, the twelve second rule by pitchers, I guarantee you, is not being uh, adhered to. Oh no, because uh, you would. I mean, every time Josh Beckett would pitch, right. <laughs> he'd get automatic ball right. <laughs> every batter. The, uh, but and- I do. I think that's important to bring that front and center because. You know, this was talked about two years ago and created an uproar. And it, this is in the the minors, but the pitch clock, right? And even that, that's set at twenty five seconds. So right. the, the nature of the clock itself <laughs> violates the rule in the book, right? Uh, well, the uh, but that's that's a different. I mean, that the rule eight oh eight point oh four is only when there's nobody on base. That's a good point. Uh, the uh, I mean, because you know you can throw over and that sort of thing, right? Um, 
the uh, but if you if you were to do this, I think uh, one of the things it might do as well is relief pitchers would rethink. Uh, there would be a different approach to it. You wouldn't have so many uh, specialty left-handers. Uh, you wouldn't have somebody who's coming in just to strike out one batter, and in so doing, uh, you're maybe trying to get a ground ball uh, a little bit more. And the pitches would decrease as well. Uh, I, I this is some sort of the the stat where strikeouts are what everybody is striving for in the sabermetric world, uh, and they put so much value on them. I I I, I watched Maddox pitch his whole yeah. career. You know, I mean, and uh, he wasn't trying to get strikeouts, and you know that's. Uh, well, I, see, I think of a lot of the issue coming from this taking pitches uh, money ball mentality. You know, oh, you sure. have all your saber mathematicians up in the, you know, executive box, and they're all, you know, the eight general managers <laughs> with the, the Dodgers, Dodgers, and they're all telling you to slow down the game and, you know, grind and, and work pitches and all of these things. So, you know, the where process. does... Right. Where... where by the way, was anyone fined for stepping out of the box off the top of your head? Can you tell me somebody no, who was? I can't think of anybody that was. Yeah, how well is that working? How yeah, well is that being enforced? By the way, um, uh, I could digress, but uh, well, so all of that stuff is going to have started the minor leagues, right? But it was it, it that is a rule in the majors that was sure. imposed starting in 2015, and everyone joked about you know Adrian. Beltre and and Ortiz, Big Poppy, yeah, was, yeah. I don't, to my knowledge, no one actually had to cut a check yet. But yeah. that said, okay, the onus on players and youth coaching, you know, with youth baseball, where these things have to be introduced, as you just said, um, is the onus there to get pitchers to learn how to get the ball and throw the ball? I mean, you got pitches being called from the dugout, which right. is ridiculous, right? And like. Little League, they're calling pitches from the dugout. Uh, That's terrible. Well, that Well, see, I think that has had a diminishing effect on the uh, on what catchers do. Uh, right. The uh, but the yeah, it's I I don't think the pace of play in an amateur game is bad. I mean, the only thing that affects the pace of play in an amateur game is the pitcher's control is less and he'll throw more balls. Uh, and when you're, like in high school, you're trying to strike out everybody you can. Right, that's you know, true. You're not trying. You're not good enough to say, I'm, I'm throwing this a couple inches off the plate and I'm trying to get a ground ball to second. <laughs> the, uh, so, I, you know, I, I don't think that's where the onus is. Well, okay, so let's take your solution in mind about essentially what it sounds like timeouts. You get three timeouts. And well, you... Visits to the mound. You, I mean, if your starting pitcher is in the fourth inning and he suddenly is striding too far and the ball is sailing on him, you want to tell him. And maybe tell him without uh, telling uh, the, you know, the, the opposing team what he's doing. Now, one of the solutions to this, one of the, if this were my my proposal were to come to fruition, it won't be because of I'm proposing it, but if somebody else does something similar, you get it, you get the script into the right producer's hands, right, right. and you'll well, get a green light. The it will increase the value of the catcher, and the catcher will be making more visits to the mound, and it will be the catcher who has to say you're striding too far. Uh, I mean, and we will have more catcher visits to the mound, but the catcher trots to the mound. Uh, yeah, he doesn't do the slow walk that the pitching coach does. Uh, what I mean, and it's just uh, right now that is it's the you look at these the playoff games. Everybody talks about that Dodger National Series, that one game that was four twenty two. The average for the five games was four hours and eleven minutes, and there wasn't an extra inning game. Uh, in the whole lot. Yeah, and it was a National League game, too, because uh, Yankee, right, right. Yankees-Red Sox, early 2000s, you know, that was considered to be what was ruining the pace of baseball because those games would routinely go three and a half, four hours, and the ratings were 
And you know. everybody on each team stepped out and went through a whole ritual at the plate before <laughs> right. they stepped in there. They was, carved a new bat right, it was. <laughs> at home plate, practically. And did you ever see Joe Torrey run to the mound? No. No, I did not. Jo- Joe liked to, to take his time. Right. But, I mean, La Russa, oh, God. I, I mean, it pains me on many levels how successful he was with the Cardinals because the Braves bore the brunt of that at specific times. That said, his success with the matchups, it, it's so frustrating because everyone tries to emulate that. Well, not everyone, but Dave Roberts certainly, you know, takes from that page of matchups. Well, and this really comes Dick Williams doing it earlier than LaRusso. I mean, it's been a gradual progression. Uh the, I mean, the difference is you're looking at teams with 12, 13 man pitching staffs. There, I mean, you go back way back, you know, uh, in the 20s, and we're looking at, you know, six to eight man pitching staffs. Uh, but right. most of my life, it was kind of you had 10 pitchers and 15 players. Now we have to, every team needs a Zobrist type of uh, guy who can start at three or four positions. Uh, the uh, you have to have utility players that can play both the infield and the outfield because you don't have many people on your bench. Yeah, because you got to have all these pitchers. Right. Yeah, and matchup pitchers, like you said. Um, you know, we always talk about how baseball and sports in general is uh, cyclical, or the pendulum swings. I mean, the Tommy John epidemic that we're still well within is that going to be the thing that brings us back to the Maddox type pitchers? Putting the ball in play. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I think the Tommy John max effort type thing that is uh, when it means a paycheck, you're going to do it. I mean, yeah. And, uh, and as long as each team can have all of these guys throwing 95 in the bullpen, that's the way they're going to go. Uh, Smoltz wants to teach like you don't have to throw this hard at that time and starting pitchers can learn this relief pitchers they got to come in and throw gas uh or throw whatever trick pitch they have now uh i i don't think injury is going to help it along um the uh, what will actually help it go back to maddox and warren spawn type pitches you know throw 60 70 pitches for a complete game uh are Maddox and Warren Spahn type pitchers and people right. and pitcher and other pitchers saying, Hey, that was easy to do for him. You know? <laughs> well, here's my props to Madison Bumgardner, my boy. I mean, he gets it and he throws it. Oh yeah. Well that's just Mark Burley. I mean, you know, that's just the time and, and, and props to both of them. I think it, 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 it keeps batters off. You've got, you know, then that keeps the game moving. Uh, but Bumgardner is still trying to strike people out. Uh, True. Burley was tr- was trying to get ground balls, you know, uh, was trying to get outs. And I don't mean he didn't try and strike everybody out as well. But, I mean, his uh, it's this uh, max effort type of, you know, <laughs> from every pitch. That's uh, Well, it, there was an interesting comment made. I think it might have been uh, Simpson or Kerry on one of the Braves games over the weekend. But that if you had a guy who could throw 95, that used to get everybody up onto the top step. But now, you know, there's 10 of those right. <laughs> on your team. Right. So, um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I like your solution. I mean, it brings it brings about a whole lot of questions like, you know, what happens when your your reliever that you brought in to work through a sticky spot in the sixth and seventh is in <laughs> a much stickier spot. It's like they got to stay out there, I guess. <laughs> no, that's why you're saving one of those. Uh yeah one of those visits yeah but i mean you know you're talking about and if it happens twice then you lose (laughs) yeah yeah well but i mean you're right about how i mean i think we talked before about how every reliever that comes in maybe they have to face two batters yeah that's smolt's solution okay Uh, and that would uh that would take away some of the righty lefty righty lefty you know type things but Sure. The uh, I and and that's certainly uh, that would help. It would help. Well, I, I I like how your solution puts the onus back on the catcher as far as visits and you know kind of coaching the pitcher right there along through the game. So 
I don't see the visits to the mound by the pitching coach. They're almost always delays. It's very yeah. seldom that a pitching coach is coming out there and coaching them at that time. Uh, <laughs> the uh, they're just delaying it. It's like how you feel, you know? Yeah, <laughs> where are you going after the game? The uh, should we have chicken or right, right, I mean, right? Yeah. Well, uh, so now I guess final thought on this topic for now because it's going to be around for for uh, the foreseeable future, you know. Manfred versus the players. That was a big storyline this, you know, this spring, even though they got a CBA done with, you know, relatively little uh, conflict or delay. So much money right now. There's not going to be any. (laughs) Well, good point. But is that going to be, is that going to get worse? I mean, like Manfred's desire to implement solutions to this pace of play issue. He's going to have to, I mean, it's going to have to start it in the minor leagues. And so, uh, when those guys come up to the major leagues, they're already used to it. You're, you're not going to be able to uh, put the toothpaste back in the tube, so to speak. Well, sure. But you're confident then that it's going to work out. I mean, as you're thinking no, right I, now. I, no, I think Manfred, he's, he's trying to do things. But I, I don't think it's so much the pace of play as it is the length of the game. And and that's a that's a very important distinction, right? Yeah. I mean, and uh, what I'm trying to propose here is with the length of the game. Well, yeah, and the mound visits. You're absolutely right. right. Let me ask you about the actual pace of play, though, because I've thought about this calling of time, the 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 length at which pitchers will hold the ball with runners on. Do there have? I mean. I know there's runners on base and it changes all the dynamics and all these things, but does there need to be policing of that amount of time as well? Because how no, many, I don't, I don't how many I, at bats do you see where the, the, the batter is calling time and stepping out, you know, two and three times before the next pitch is even thrown? Uh, I, I can't say that that bothers me. Uh, when in looking in the seventies or, or the eighties, when everybody was stealing, you know, 90 bases uh, all over the place, uh, it was, and base running was such a part of the game. Uh, seeing pitchers step out, every, that, that was part of the angst of the game. Think of 95, the World Series with the Braves and the Indians. And every time Kenny Lofton was on base, it was like, oh, my God, he's going to score. He just yeah. walked. He's going to score. You know. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. And uh, there, there was so much angst. And we just had... Jackie Robinson Day. Think of what he used to do, dancing around on the bases. Uh, so the uh, pitcher uh, dealing with runners on base and stepping off and things of that nature, that doesn't bother me that much. Right. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking more about how just how long, you know, this 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 tactic where the pitcher is just going to seemingly hold the ball forever to, you know, upset the, the batter by making him wait for forever. But... Um, I could be reading that wrong. It's very possible. I think that upsets. That's supposed to upset the base runner, not the batter. Sure, and that's an excellent point. This is why I never managed. You know, I couldn't figure these things out. Um, all right, well, <laughs> we'll try and uh, get your solution in front of Manfred. He was just in town, right? And he was just in town because coming into home, the Braves have a new home, and it's officially open for business. Uh, gentrified field. I mean, SunTrust Park. Uh, you went. On Saturday and Sunday of this uh, opening series, give us your thoughts, your perspective on the whole, the whole I, deal there. I believe that every major league team is going to come in there and say, "We need a new ballpark just like this." <laughs> uh, they own the Yankees are going to do that. Well, not the Yankees, but well, the Yankees may say we need more of the Bronx. Uh, there you go. What, what has happened is. They own all the battery there with all of these clubs and restaurants and the little green and everything with that is going to make the Braves a fortune because they own all of those places. I, I think they own every. I don't think they own the hotel that's not finished. Uh, the Omni Hotel right. that's there. I mean, the development yeah. where the new stadium is has the Omni Hotel. It's got Comcast built office building, but there's apartments. There's restaurants. There's a Roxy Theater. Um, they have a million square feet. Uh, that's a lot. Now, yeah. and all of the people that were so against the Braves moving out here, 
forget that this was promised to them uh, when Ted, when uh, Turner Field opened up, and Atlanta never did anything. They never did anything. Uh, I can remember twice uh, walking around Turner Field where there were police all over the place because there had just been a shooting. Uh, sure. It and was, yeah. they never developed anything. And this was the promise that the city made. They didn't do one thing. All right, what's happening here is the Braves are going to have people come to the game two, three hours early, going to stay two, three hours late, just spending money, hand over fist. And it's going to, I mean, the Braves are never going to be able to uh, make the argument that they're a mid-market team uh, when they're making this kind of money, or Liberty is making this kind of money. I should say. Uh, well, there's my problem right there. Liberty Media is the one that stands to benefit from this. Right. But, hopefully but you're hopeful that they're going to trickle down. I mean, maybe make their, uh, right. their payroll a little bit larger. And, and they should uh, if they want people to come early and stay late. Uh, they're, they're both kind of uh, work together. Uh, inside the stadium, there I, I saw mixed mixed views of things inside the stadium. Um which is still the most important part to me, and I guess oh, most sure. baseball fans. Sure. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, I thought the food was awful. I mean, really? Uh, the uh, at the TED we had, you know, Rathmans, and what was the place that had like hot dogs from all over the different stadiums and stuff? Oh, right. I, yeah, I mean, they, they, I forget was, that one. There, there was, was a, the the Holland and Finch Burger. Right. There was just a there was a variety of uh, places uh, to go and. Right now, it's very limited. There was like a barbecue place and a taco place, and then your regular hot dog place, and that was pretty much. Wasn't it. there? Isn't there the Terrapin Brewery or something? Oh, uh, yeah, but I think that's outside. I mean, out, yeah. outside there are all sorts of things, uh, and that's where I mean. Uh, so the, maybe that's by design. Uh, right. Make it make the food bad inside. <laughs> well, it wasn't bad. It just was like nothing. Uh, the uh, I got a taco bowl and. They didn't have beans or onions or anything. It was just, <laughs> it was like, what is this? Uh, <laughs> Shredded lettuce and taco meat? And and cheese. sour cream. Yeah. Uh, no, there was no cheese. There was no cheese No either. cheese on it. Right. There was. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's dog food, actually. <laughs> that's what that is. I mean, it. Uh, now, inside there are all sorts of things uh, that make it fan for zip lines and uh, I I can see my grandkids loving that. They have a rock climbing wall, you know, uh, all sorts of things. Ah, yes. <laughs> well, the 27 Yankees lamented the lack of a rock climbing wall. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> in the Bronx, since they marched towards the championship. The uh, I know that once my son takes his family there for the first time, and my granddaughter, who really doesn't care a whole lot about baseball, who just wants to be Taylor Swift, when she sees the rock climbing <laughs> wall and the zip line and all of this stuff, she's a little daredevil. She will always want to go to the ballpark. Uh, the um, that's bold. That's a bold statement. Uh, it will. Will I she mean, want to go see baseball though? No, I said well, they she'll just start... want to go to the ballpark. Right. You know? They'll just think of it as like a giant shopping mall area. If you area. think about when you first went as a little kid, one of your major concerns was like getting hot dogs and ice cream and uh, getting sure. a souvenir and all this sort of stuff. It took you a while before you started to appreciate the game. You got to get them into the park before you know they become a fan. Uh, well, that was also the Braves of the 90s. You know, the product on the field still to me is oh, the most oh, important thing. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm not saying anything other, but, but for an 11-year-old little girl who wants to be Taylor Swift, the product on the field doesn't matter that much. Uh, sure. Usually. I mean, there are exceptions, but... Uh, they're, they're widening their I, I wingspan think, look, to get that yeah, crowd as these, well. These, that Mizuno glove rental, that is genius. That is, I mean, there are several of the uh, little distributors throughout the ballpark. It's not just one place. Now, what is this? You can rent a, 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 the, a catching mitt or something? No, any kind of glove you want. They have all of these different Mizuno gloves, and you, uh, it's, you rent the glove, go use it, and then uh, when you come back, uh, the fee is taken away. It's free. Uh, nice and they're nice gloves uh the uh the th that the thing where they make the uh, um 
shirts for you right there on the spot. There's like a conveyor rack the, of all the different colors and different, you know, that the Braves might wear. And you can say the number of the letters and, you know, everything else you want on it. They will make it for you uh, as you sit there. These uh, are these are actual Braves official on the field jerseys and you can get them customized. Right. Uh, right, right there. there on the spot. Uh, the proper stitching and everything. Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, these sort of things, uh, they have a giant new era um, room for uh, buying hats and things. Uh, just uh, the uh, they have this kind of like monument way that's like part on the uh, the causeway. They are it's um, the uh, all of these things will make them a chunk of money. Uh, well, and, you said something interesting about how, not to cut you off, but that right. the concourses themselves there leave something to like, be a desire. Like where the zip line was and uh, and the rock wall. And, and this part of the ballpark, and this is more behind home plate, really, than anywhere else. Uh, you can't see the field. Uh, I mean, and there do not appear to be uh, a lot of televisions all over the place. Uh, I will never forget that when I saw... Uh, Hank Aaron hit his 715th home run. Uh, one of my dear friends was getting beer at the time. And at that time, <laughs> there were no screens uh, yeah, by the concession stands at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. He missed it. Uh, yeah. He's at the ballpark, and he missed it. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, this this didn't seem to... And there are places where it looks like... Uh, now, admittedly, it's been sold out and everything now, but it looks like it's the traffic flow in certain areas kind of bottlenecks a little bit and gets uh very crowded uh in certain places uh yeah how about that traffic how about the parking i mean all right the parking uh now i was able on saturday i walked uh my son lives like three miles away you know uh it's a good bit of a hike though but all right well yeah but i mean uh it was uh we walked back uh and the uh, dropped off at the the park and then kind of walked back uh the there appears to be more parking than people thought at first uh and the uber line which is i was like well i'll just drive to my son's place and take uber you know uh lyft let's be fair you use lyft all right and by the way to our listeners out there you should use lyft okay uh, but there are actual Uber lines, and they don't allow Lyft. So, sure. uh, so right. that's why you kind of have to use Uber. Uh, I'm gonna go pick <laughs> up some Kleenex later, so and some Q-tips. But anyway, yeah. go on. I don't. Uh, yeah. Um, the the lines there. I mean, we were gonna take it back Saturday night. The line was like uh, there. There must have been a thousand people in that line. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, now it will be a while before. And I'm saying at least. Uh, now, Justin said he went on Friday and left. He took Uber then and left like in the sixth inning. So he wasn't in the game. He was just uh, there just in the battery. Uh, and there was no problem at all. Uh, well, if you're leaving at the sixth inning. Right, right. <laughs> uh, and um, But the uh, – I mean, we stayed throughout the game on Saturday, and it was uh, it was like, no, nah, we'll just walk. You know? Yeah, you get there faster. Um, so what about the, what did you see of the traffic flow in and out of cars trying to park, trying, trying to get off the interstate? Are the bridges all finished? Uh, no, they're not. And, but I didn't go any of that way either day. I mean, I, uh, was taking back roads and back ways and was in the area, uh, way before the game. And how much is still under construction? I mean, you mentioned the Omni Hotel, but streets and sidewalks and all of these things? Um, they've got things to kick out. Uh, when there are so, you're going, so many people are going to... That traffic in that area was atrocious to begin with. Well, right, uh, yeah. And uh, trying to cross South Cobb Parkway is not an easy thing to do on foot. Uh, you know, but there are, there were a lot of police out there, but they were directing people in different ways. Uh, at night, it seemed with all those people crossing these very busy streets in Cobb County, it seemed dangerous. Okay. So. Uh, so, but you know, that may be, I'm just an old man. <laughs> <laughs> the bright lights scare you a little bit more yeah, or something like right. that. 
Night um, vision isn't what it used to be. Well, I, I did. I mean, I'm waiting. I, I'm I, I, obviously if a, if a pair of tickets were to magically be fall to me from some friend who can't go or something, I'll go then. But I, I'm waiting personally to get some more feedback as to and then plot, you know, a game to go to. That said, you know, I stand in that group that was very hurt by the fact that they're no longer in Atlanta. And I hold on to this kind of idyllic sense that sports teams are a public enterprise. They're a civic enterprise in a lot of ways and that they should be centrally located and bring business to downtown. You know, all that said, how is it if the city and the team were in such gridlock around developing around Turner Field that Georgia State swoops in and does it seemingly overnight? They're not. There's no comparison. I mean, you know, the city's not promising Georgia State we're going to build, you know, a a million square foot battery around the stadium with all kinds of uh, restaurants and clubs and everything else. They're not saying that. So, the Cobb County is footing the bill for the battery itself, and yet somehow the Braves own it. Because why wouldn't there? No, the Braves. have paid for more of that than Liberty has paid for more of that than you know. Now Cobb County gave them, you know, Cobb County is footing a lot of the bill. There's no doubt about for construction, it. right? But so what? I mean, in 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 the as you're going back, you know, to to even the Fulton County Stadium days, you know, why couldn't the Braves just have, in theory, bought up the land around the stadium and built it out that way? What was the major impasse? Was it the neighborhoods? Was it the mentioned the taxi cab unions at some point didn't want Marta going out because there's another thing for you public transportation right i-85 doesn't exist right now <laughs> right so the glaring error in the city of atlanta which is in other cities and you know across the country houston i know pretty almost as bad here as anywhere oh uh, yeah look the problem with turner field and the problem with atlanta Fulton, when atlanta fulton county stadium was built the uh the area there, the buttermilk bottom, for the most part, the, it was kind of a uh, Atlanta slum, and it was re- it was they picked up everybody and moved them to Vine City, uh, this whole neighborhood, and it was to be a sparkling new neighborhood, uh, and you know almost uh, was a, a tremendous improvement, and the Braves put a tremendous paid a, a tremendous amount of this, Atlanta, the city of Atlanta never did their part. They never moved a so they had this whole city virtually without a fire department, without public water, without uh, trash service, without all of this, and it became a slum in itself just overnight. Uh, and this was all the fault of Atlanta City. Atlanta City has never come through with their promises to the Braves since 1966. Period. None. Uh, and the if you look at the stadium authority, that's uh, for year at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. That's why it was the worst ballpark in. It was worse than most minor league ballparks. We had weeds growing up the side of the wall. The grass was awful. The you know there was rat feces and popcorn uh, that was all <laughs> delivered at the first of the season. Uh, you're getting popcorn in August. Well, it, it was delivered in you know uh, in April. The uh, it was just, it was, uh, and the, the, the people that feel like the Braves have betrayed them, that's wrong. Maybe you're betrayed, but it was, it's Atlanta that betrayed you. It wasn't uh, the Braves. They tried for years and said, look, we're, we need this. You said you were, you were going to give it to us. You know, uh, where is it? Instead, it was just a crime-infested area with nothing. What could you do outside of Atlanta, uh, outside of Turner Field? Well, I mean, I agree. I mean, that that's the that's the that's the rub is that I wanted that as well. You know, I wanted it, but I just, you know, I, I, and all to, parts, to me since I mean, look at what St. Louis has done uh, recently with right uh, with the ballpark village, sure, yeah, and all of these things. Uh, and now they don't own it all, and that's going to be the key. Like uh, the, but and other teams are going to see what the Braves have done here. They're, it's going to inspire a lot of. Uh, a lot more development yeah well i mean that's where i come to my uh what would you say my frustration is that like you know i was in st louis uh going to school when when they worked out that whole deal about the ballpark village and it was actually supposed originally it was going to be a lot more extensive right. than what they right. ended up with um they were going to try and have like a you know apartments with rooftop views a la wrigley field 
But that said, it's like I, I, I still am just at a loss for how nothing could have been done in 2012, 2013. I mean, in this era with the amount of money that exists now, the amount of money that exists within Liberty Media that they couldn't have said, all right, well, we're just going to buy all and <laughs> we'll buy all this. The city wouldn't allow them. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, there it's the it. city. It's not. I mean, yeah. I, I think of you know uh, Liberty Mutual as being uh, the Liberty li- Media, li- Liberty Media, uh, the uh, as being you know they're a pariah. They are you know they're. I, I think of them as evil, just uh, on principle <laughs> more than anything. Yeah, you know, on a lot for a lot of things, but this is not their fault, right? I mean, yeah. it's Atlanta City. It's the Atlanta city government, which has had a, you know, I mean, we, we could say you could talk about Atlanta city government forever and you're not going to have a whole lot of positive things to say about them. That's uh, a good point. That's a good point. And yet, you know, this is going to require more research on my part because I don't have enough bullets for this argument. But Georgia State came in and they're going to develop that whole thing. They're going to develop the whole thing. They're going to have housing. They're going to have student housing. They're going to have transportation to and from downtown. They're going to have restaurants, places to shop, grocery stores, a football because stadium. Atlanta, so. Because Atlanta was pushing a corner. They looked like a fool. Well, that's true. They, You're right. I mean, uh, you know, they. I mean, after years and years of promises to the Braves, Braves move, and they're like, uh-oh, we've got this big thing down there. What are we going to do? Right. Yeah, it's true. The ultimatum worked in that sense. Like, yeah. finally, that area will get developed. And maybe it's all for the best because, hey, Georgia State, one of the largest you know, public universities now, the largest public university in the state of Georgia, and they're going to have a beautiful complex by right, all right. renderings. So right, right. that said, let's talk finally here because uh, I know we're running long, but – the public transportation to SunTrust Park. Yeah. Do you ever see MARTA, you know, I mean, are we now in the era where we need to start working these things out? There's no way not to, to have MARTA go along the perimeter. Because just imagine if MARTA, you know, had stations all along 285, problem solved. Uh, it would be. Uh, MARTA is another, <laughs> I mean. Fine institution it, it, I mean, of the you, city of Atlanta government. You, yes, you I know. There. How many stops are on most subways? Oh, fifty. I don't mean. No, there got to be so many more. You know. Yeah, I'm talking uh, about per line. Yeah, yeah. Per. (laughs) I mean, uh, Marta has now Marta. There, there are additional problems in Atlanta because we're built on a granite base. You know, uh, they have uh, more difficulty. making subways uh different stops light rail seems to be the most right. logical solution right. were there to be a solution made but what you see is happening in los angeles even yeah. uh and it may be because of the transient nature of atlanta as it's a corporate headquarters and people move in and out that that uh depresses the uh dollar spent on that sort of thing uh the uh I think a lot of it has to do. Atlanta is a suburban city. Uh, it, you know, the people live in the suburbs more than in the city, and it's always going to be that way. They're not going to turn it around. Uh, the um, and just Marta has not been very effective. Right, and the, you know, I, I'm we're, not going to hold my breath for their for them to bring the solution to. Uh, SunTrust Fields. Well, it would take the expansion of. I mean, it would take a re-proportioning of tax dollars and and all these things. We're getting into a whole civics podcast suddenly, so we can let that go. I don't know. Well, you know, (laughs) you didn't say much about (laughs) the viewing of baseball (laughs) (laughs) with with uh, SunTrust Park. Okay, all right. Let me say a couple other things real quick. No foul territory. Uh, you are right on top of the field. I think the uh, the nets are not extended far enough down the line each way. I, I'm disappointed in that, uh, the protective netting, uh, particularly because you are right on top of the field. Uh, the uh, I didn't like the angle uh, on Saturday night of I was in I was down the right or uh, down the right field line in dugout seats, and I was kind of like looking out to center field. I have to turn uh, to look toward the plate. That happens in a lot of places, and that can be that can be corrected if that becomes a problem. Uh, but the field is in beautiful shape. 
Uh, yeah, Mangan. Yeah. I mean, come on now. <laughs> he didn't do it. It's uh, Tomo or uh, what's his name? Well, Ed Mangan installed it, though. They did a whole thing on the Fox Sports yeah, South about his involvement. Okay. So. All right. But uh, <laughs> sorry. I, okay. You go, sorry. I saw the thing on there. Mangan's dead. Uh, it's his, the guy that took his place is Tomo or whatever his guy's name. The guy who does all the, the Super Bowls now. Wait a minute. And all this stuff. Dude. All right. Hang on. He was Mangum's guy forever. Worked for noted turf consultant George Toma and went to Atlanta when John Sherholtz left the Royals. Okay, I got so, it backwards then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Boom. Yeah. All right. Okay. Mangan. All right. But anyway, but it field, is a beautiful field, and field, it shines on right, television. Uh, seats. Yeah. Uh, wide seats, uh, the mesh stuff. They have these cup holders that are designed to keep uh, your drinks cool. Uh, I like the Coors Field, which is uh, the Coors. Uh, Below the chop. Uh, that yeah. does look cool. Uh, that that. Uh, I want to go to the next game uh, and sit there. Uh, I like the chop house being three floors, you know, and stuff. A lot of things in viewing the game that I think are real positive. I think uh, in building the park, they've taken some of the best ideas from different ballparks around. Well, hey, then, you know, as we're recording this on Monday, there's a game in four hours. Let's go. What are, what are you doing? Uh, well, I'm afraid that the traffic is uh, already we, terrible. Yeah, we are <laughs> in the middle of the, the afternoon. All right. All right. Cool. Well, I'm glad it's open now and we can just start playing baseball. Man, those ceremonies took forever on Friday. You know, it seemed like it was an hour. There's a way to speed up the <laughs> length of games. Let's just get rid of the fireworks intros and all that. Let's just. Let's uh, just play the been, game. It could have been worse than the Cubs opening. You know, oh, my that, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that took weeks. That, But that's going to be all year. You go 108 years without a title. Yeah. You, I think you've earned oh, I, the right. I don't think anybody was complaining. Uh, Cardinals was fans. Well, yeah. And some White Sox fans, maybe. All right. Well, Coach, thank you, uh, as always. And thank you to everyone listening to our podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes. You can find all things Running the Bases at our website, runningthebases.com uh, follow us on Facebook uh, like us on Twitter at running the base and on Instagram at running the bases uh, always appreciate the feedback um, hopefully gonna have some more articles coming soon uh, some guest articles as well and of course we'll do this podcast at least once every two weeks we'll do our best so but anyway so for coach Jordan Bounds I am Tucker Wells this is the running the bases podcast we're coming into home and we're safe coach you have yourself a good night, good sir. Good night. Boom. <laughs>